0: Welcome in to Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. We are always excited to welcome on various guests onto the program, onto the show, whether you're taking us through YouTube, through our podcast, through our radio show, all different platforms. We appreciate you being here and really appreciate the time of Travis Goff, the athletic director, of course, for the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us on Heartland College Sports. Travis, thanks for being here.
1: Appreciate it, Pete. Uh, Thanks for the invite and looking forward to the discussion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we have a lot to talk about with what you guys have going on there at uh, KU. You've got a ton of renovations going on, football, basketball, two programs that find themselves on the upswing right now. Uh, Before we get to that, of course, you know, we cover the Big 12 and there's a lot going on there on that front. So let's just start off. You know, you come in as AD in 2021. And at the similar time, the Big 12 is turning over. Bob Bowlsby is heading out. Brett Yormark is coming in. So you and Brett Yormark, in many ways, he's really the only Big 12 commissioner that you know. How do you go through this process of getting to know him? And then, of course, what's your relationship been like and his leadership as the Big 12 commissioner the last uh, nearly two years now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you, you know, rewinding back two years ago, I'm just kind of getting here, getting unpacked. And we know that that summer, uh, right out of the gates, the OU in Texas, uh, release breaks, right? They're they're exiting the SEC it, it, with uh, Commissioner Bowlesby, uh in his role at the forefront. You know, it certainly was uh, a daunting time for the Big 12. It was a, a concerning time for the Big 12 in terms of stability and viability, but uh, credit to Commissioner Bowlesby at that juncture to act with, you know, uh, I think strength and act with Decisiveness and, and got the the board together, the presidents, the chancellors, of the 80s, and and went out and identified uh, the the what we believe firmly are the were the best four, and still even to this day today, the best four to add to the conference, and that gave a bunch of stability to the league. It gave direction, kind of look ahead, and then of course with with Bob's uh, imminent retirement, they they went out and did a search, and our chancellor here at Ku, Doug Gerard, was one of the key cogs in in Landon, Brett Yormark, and he's just been tremendous for the league. You know, we were in Big 12 meetings in West Virginia, just, uh, oh gosh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. And we shook our heads when it was reminded that he's only been with us for nine or 10 months. Yeah, It feels like it's, you know, two years of him driving and pushing the the conference forward. And that's, again, that's a testament to uh, his ambition. That's a testament for his motor. It's a testament to his I think his creative lens and and marketing mindset, because we just have exceptional confidence in where the league is going. I think the the um, the way in which we're, we're unified is is really uh, uh, has been strengthened. I think the new four that have come on board have been part of of our meetings really for the year have been very additive um, in terms of leadership and perspective. And I think we're all bullish on on the Big Twelve.
0: Well, I do. And I know people are going to call me out on it. So I do stand corrected. It, it really has only been not even a year. It feels like it's been two with uh, with your mark, but it's only been one. When you think about the accomplishments of the last nine, 10 months, the new TV contract, beating the Pac-12 to market on that front, you've got you know basketball that's going to be doing things in Rucker Park. You've got uh, bowl games being played in Mexico. Uh, how much of this vision of Brett Your marks did you see coming? Was that part of the Uh, appeal of Brett Yormark based on those involved in the conversation or was in many ways, has he even exceeded some of the expectations y'all had?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think not many of us, if any of us knew who he was necessarily in terms of his backdrop or had ever really crossed paths with him with his history. So that was unique, but I remember uh, talking to uh, Chancellor Gerard and him giving me some inside baseball um, uh, after the hiring of the committee asking the finalists to come back uh, and be prepared to talk about uh, two big ideas for the conference, right? Give us two Mm -hmm. or three big ideas. And when it was uh, Brett's session in that interview, uh, uh, Chancellor Gerard told me that Brett came back with like 15 big ideas. And and so Mm -hmm. he had told me that early when Brett was just getting started. and, And that's the way it's, Played out. I mean, Brett is con- uh, constantly looking at ways to differentiate the Big 12 in a crowded environment, in a very competitive environment. He's looking at ways to think, you know, progressively, uh, aggressively, out of the box. And boy, again, in just nine to ten months, it's it's pretty remarkable getting out in front of that TV deal and then executing it. I mean, I think it's one thing to say we're going to enter the market early. It's another thing to execute it and really maximize the opportunity at that moment in time, you know, big 12 Mexico is another great example, as you, as you kind of referenced, um, last week with, with that announcement, you know, it certainly was one that we had to really have good conversations around. We had to get educated around mm-hmm. the why's, the strategy, um, all the intricacies of that, but, but, you know, the way Brett operates as he brings us together, we have those discussions, we get to ask questions, we get to, you know, lob concerns when and where those exist. And, um, we're all excited about that. We're, you know, yeah. Kansas is going to be, um, with Houston, the first teams to compete in Mexico City in December of 24. I think it's a great opportunity for our student-athletes, great opportunity to expand the Big 12 brand. And, you know, specifically for KU, it's a it's an important market down there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, of course, this kind of weaves in. And you mentioned the spring meetings you guys had a couple of weeks back uh, into where we are right now. We're kind of in this holding pattern, it seems like. If something's going to happen – On expansion, realignment, the next two, three, four weeks seem like a a prime time for something like that to happen. And there appears to be, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, Travis, but it looks like, you know, we all know the Pac-12 schools that may be in the conversation. But there's also a push and pull on, do you look at what we would call basketball first schools in UConn or basketball only schools in Gonzaga as, I mean, a blue blood in college basketball as the preeminent basketball program in this conference how do you see the value of a school that is perceived to be basketball first or basketball only versus say a school that's a traditional power five, but may not have the branding or the quality hoops of say a Gonzaga or a Yukon. I think, I
1: think the good news, Pete is I, I, I won't be able to tell you whether you're right or wrong, because I, there, I don't think there's anybody out there who knows what's what in conference <laughs> realignment uh, discussion or, or sweepstakes and, uh, I think we've all learned that you know Whi when you think something may or may not be about to drop or imminent, it, it, recognizing that uh, uh, there's so many variables at play and not assuming anything is is again imminent or right uh, right on the cusp, and certainly not not believing all that we might see or read in, in, in social media. I, I would just say this. I just give again credit to Commissioner Yormar, credit to our conference leadership, presidents, presence, and chancellors, just to be thoughtful. And to kind of uh, you know really seek optionality—that's been a phrase that um, uh, Brett I think is is leaned into—and I think it's all been received well. It's to say, in this day and age when college athletics is so dynamic, there's so many unknowns, there's so many uncontrollables. One thing that we we can do that we can maximize potential and, and uh, 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 ownership of is to is to uh, make sure we are maximizing optionality and considering a a variety of different perspectives and so that's the way i think the league has handled it and knowing that not all of it is in certainly anyone's control is uh, being open-minded and pondering a whole variety of different scenarios so i think again just just alignment with with where the league has a chance to go um, confidence in that direction and um and being prepared for a whole variety of things has is, is, is been the approach. And I think we're we're effectively uh, prepared for that.
0: Does more travel, from a standpoint of being the AD, Travis, does, does more travel, what that does to the budget, does that scare you, concern you at all? Or is that kind of overblown things that maybe we overanalyze in the media because that's what we do, but it's not something that when you're looking at the bottom line and you're looking at what's more valuable than something else, you're not as concerned about.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think there it's it's a little bit of both. I think we we have when you think about travel, to me, it's less around expense, although that's that's a factor that's important. Mm-hmm. It's more about student athlete well being, wellness. It's more about you know the academic uh, calendars and, and dynamics of additional uh, days of travel, later arrivals back to campus, earlier departures to get to. Uh, uh, you know uh, further out destination. so i think that's really the the bigger variable in a, in a, in analyzing the travel dynamic in this broader footprint that i think yeah. you know, we know that big 10 is is embraced uh we know the big 12 now that you go provo all the way to orlando a much more significant swath of the country and so i think it's it is making sure we're we're attentive to that making sure we're having discussions making sure there's a scheduling model that can create a little bit of balance um and putting our student athlete experience at the forefront but then at the other on the other side of that coin is going hey it's 2023 it's a new world of intercollegiate athletics we have to embrace you know that the the growth um the, the this idea of expansion of footprint geography still matters but it isn't the only thing that matters um and I think it's the combination of things that I think gets you in the right in the right place.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Travis Goff is joining us, of course, Kansas Athletic Director. If you're on the podcast, if you're on YouTube, as always, we appreciate you hitting that subscribe button. And uh, we're always grateful for our radio audience as well, which uh, this show airs on multiple radio stations across the entire Midwest. Uh, so, Travis, let's get into the micro here, what's happening at KU. Specifically, uh, I want to start with football because you come in And uh, let's be honest, things are pretty hairy. And then you make this hire in Lance Leipold. It's an awkward time of year to hire a football coach in the spring. Uh, People in this part of the world don't really know Lance Leipold. They see the resume, but they say, will it work? They've been let down before. Two years in, I can't imagine you could have predicted this. But what was the moment as you're going through this process in your first big AD job, of course, you were deputy AD at Northwestern, what is the moment that you say to yourself, "This is my guy"?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I think you you certainly believe that when you're getting to the outcome in a search. I think that's one of the sort of the litmus test is to say, "Well, is this our guy? Is that is do you have that confidence when you're making that decision when you feel like you've got a great pool and multiple uh, options that fit that the question of is this our guy meaning is this the University of Kansas's ideal fit for for you know, in general, from a value system perspective, from a fit perspective, but in particular as is in at this need and moment of time, I felt that from the moment we 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 went down that path with Lance. Um, and then, you know, the difficult part, it was it was an advantage, frankly, to be doing a search in April because he had the attention of the market. You weren't competing with a bunch of other great openings out there like mm-hmm. you typically are in the December cycle, so to speak. So that ended up being an advantage, the disadvantage, of course, was Lance and the staff show up in May, and they have no spring ball. They don't know the roster. The roster is, you know, fragile, certainly, to say the least, Mm -hmm. and they got to start this thing in August, right? And so that's the challenging part. When was it reaffirmed? Well, it was reaffirmed every day, I think, in terms of the culture-building process, the buy-in they were getting early and often from the guys, and then it started to show up in the way that that group in their first year uh, which we only won two games. But in that first year, those guys fought till the end and they hung in there and they battled and they were competitive and they'd come back and go back to work at practice. And and I think those were early indicators. Um, but, you know, I think you kind of alluded to this, Pete, they're they're 25 months in to their time here in Lawrence. A year ago, we're coming off a of two and 10. Uh, the, the first time uh, when they arrived two years ago, they were coming off into a a zero win season so the reality is lance and the staff have us way ahead i think of what anyone's even most optimistic ambitious forecast would have had it and we had we had our second great spring spring session and Mm -hmm. the recruiting momentum is really high they've handled the portal well and they've got this jayhawk community and fan base incredibly excited in our momentum um it's it's real. I mean, it, it, you know, I don't want to go overboard here, but the momentum around football at the University of Kansas is very real, and it's different than it's been in a long, long time.
0: I got to ask, I was thinking about that first year, 2021. Obviously, everyone thinks of the Texas win. Uh, but the Oklahoma game, uh, I mean, you know it well. I mean, you, know, you guys almost yeah. pull it off. But as I recall, and maybe this story has been told, if so, I don't know it. You guys opened up the stadium to basically anybody in the second half, right? Are you is Travis Goff making that call to say basically (laughs) open the floodgates to anybody in Lawrence or how did that decision come to be? Was that a halftime decision? What's the story there?
1: I think, you know, um, I'll never forget it. it. It's really a fun memory to look back on because it was that kind of moment where you got a group of guys that are fighting so hard. They're competing so well. You know, the the crowd that was there, which was a fine crowd. It wasn't a Mm -hmm. great crowd, but, you know, we hadn't deserved a great crowd at that particular moment in time, was given everything they had. And literally you're standing there on the sideline watching this thing. And I looked over and did a did a sort of a 360 on the on the stands. And I said, you know what, if if we can pull this thing off, there's going to be thousands of people that regretted not being here. And most of them are at home watching it going, I can't believe I didn't go to that game. I'm going to miss this opportunity. Yeah. So we said, how do we how do we change that? Well, let's get on social media, open the gates, no ticket required. Uh, I think that was halftime, Pete. It might have been early third quarter. And that was the decision we made. It probably wasn't the best decision in a variety of ways. Right. Um And I won't won't say what those ways were, but um, we don't regret it because honestly, it was one of those statements that says this administration, this leadership is going to do everything it can and then some to support this program. We didn't end up winning the game, but the group that came in, of which was certainly a few thousand people that came in that second half, entered the stadium, got to see a a team fight to the finish against a blue blood in Oklahoma. Mm And I think that's just one of many small but important moments when you're trying to build a program from the ground up.
0: The uh, college game day experience last year—I mean, you guys have done a million of those on the basketball side. Uh, Football—it's just a a different beast. Um, Ku did a great job with it last year against TCU. That moment, um, to me, was kind of a, a welcome back moment in many ways for Kansas, even though the game didn't go as planned necessarily. So that that experience. Was that a moment for you last year when you said, wow, this, this this really is kind of building into something even faster than we expected? Or was there another moment last year you thought of?
1: Well, oh, there were, you know, there were more than a few moments. You know, the mm-hmm. first sellout last fall, early at 3 0 was one of those moments. Um, certainly game day was an incredible moment. And I think you know, the realization is you can you can know that all the right things are happening in building the program in the right manner, but unless there are tangible indicators, you also know that the broader community isn't seeing it and feeling it. And so reality is society requires tangible demonstrations. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have them, this stuff's a lot harder, whether it be sport, whether it be in other aspects of life. And, you know, the first sellout was one of those, uh, uh, you know, obviously five and zero, and then getting game day, to commit to come to Lawrence and, and be in that morning, uh, right here in Lawrence, Kansas, and, and frankly, the epicenter of college football, um, in week six, that's, that's pretty special. And, and I know what it did for the program and the young man. I know what it did for Lance and the staff. I know what it did for recruiting, but Hey, how about what it did to awaken and remind an entire fan base, an entire community, an entire region, quite frankly, that this can be done. This can mm-hmm. be done. And we should, expect it and we should all go in and, and do what we can to make sure that's exactly what we had. And so I think that in that regard, it was absolutely a catalyst.
0: Well, you got Lance, uh, you guys did an extension with them here this offseason. I know there's a, a contingency there around, uh, making sure the stadium upgrades are done. It seems like you guys are well on your way on that front. How, how, you know, when people ask you fans, um, they say to you, Hey, Travis, how confident are you? This is our guy for the long term. Um, What do you say to them? How how confident are you in Lance and the new extension and you know the future of of him leading KU football?
1: Well, I mean, again, I think it takes a a multitude of of variables and factors. I think right out of the right out of the gates, Lance Kelly, their kids, their family really embraced uh, Lawrence, embraced KU, and that's only been I think further ingrained. I mean, they love the place, they love the people, they love the institution. They're so engaged and committed around Lawrence that. I think that's a really important thing. They're getting roots in the ground here, um, so yeah, absolutely, that matters. And it's not, you know, it's not foolproof by any means. So then, you know, other 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 things that are important. Number number two would be: Does he believe? Does his staff believe? They can reach a really high, ambitious bar for what success could be a KU, and that has to only be that can only be demonstrated if we're supporting it at the highest level. So the contract extension, the magnitude. Of that investment, not just in Lance, but also in his entire coaching staff, and the support staff around that program, uh, doing it in a way that demonstrates long longevity. Uh, the facility front absolutely critical, desperately needed. Not just talk, but but real movement and real movement right away and ahead of schedule. And then last, you know, I think we're in our environment right now, you got to be talking about name, image, and likeness. You got to be talking about, you know, the young men in in this particular discussion deserve those opportunities. They've helped elevate an entire institution through their work, their commitment, their buy-in. And so they certainly richly deserve the opportunities NIL presents them. And so what are we doing to give them a foundation to work from? What are we doing to help maximize that? And I think the totality of that says that KU is not missing on this moment for football. And, and this is going to be one of the great stories in what you know, we think modern college football builds right here in Lawrence, Kansas.
0: Well, let's wrap it up the last couple of minutes with uh, some hoops. Start off with Allen Fieldhouse, the renovations. You know, no one needs to tell you, Travis, uh, you're a Dodge City kid. You graduated there. You know the importance of that building, um, the value, the history of that building, as well as any. I've had the opportunity to be there a couple of times. How how are you guys going to do this where, you know, you have these upgrades, which we understand Every older building needs, but not lose what makes Allen Fieldhouse, Allen Fieldhouse.
1: Yeah, the assignment, Pete, has simply been, don't screw it up. <laughs> yeah. Famous last that, words. That's, that's like the, the sticky note on my desk. Allen Fieldhouse, don't screw it up. Oof. And, uh, you know, the good news is we don't have to do a lot to, to change the experience once you're in your seat. Once yeah. you're in your seat, I think it's the best venue in sport, period, in the world got 16,000 of your best friends. You've got an incredible product on the court. You've got history and tradition that's resonating throughout that building. Um, So that's, that's a home run, no question. It's all about the other elements of what fan experience has to be. The concourses, the restrooms, the concessions, the parking, ingress, egress, um, hospitality spaces. And that's really at the forefront of this project. And even in modernizing, those spaces, we're going to make sure that we're paying tribute to history, character, tradition. And I, I'm excited about it. And I really think a vast majority of our people will will appreciate the, the outcomes of that. I'm sure we'll miss the mark for, for a handful, but I really think we're going to get it right. Our architects have been tremendous. $50 million project, they're well into phase one. Uh, it'll all be completed uh, as we get into the 24-25 season in just a short 15 months and, um, speaking back to the broader, you know, football project, you know, we, we've said, uh, we have to move both those projects forward. And that's precisely what's happening here at KU. Our fans are, our, our donors are responding in an incredible way. And in, in reasonably short order, we're going to have both Allen well on its way and this football project, um, we think, trend into having two of the two of the great, greatest facilities and combinations in college sports.
0: Well, on the hoop side, of course, um, we know the season didn't end the way any KU fan uh, wanted it to. Thankfully, Coach Self is, is okay. It doesn't seem like he has slowed down for the long term at all. But what have these conversations been like uh, between you and him here in recent weeks that you can share when it comes to The way the sport has changed, uh, you know, we've seen younger coaches. Jay Wright comes to mind, step away maybe earlier than people would have expected, uh, possibly with the tie in of how NIL, transfer portal, everything else has changed the sport so dramatically. Um, How do you feel like the longevity of Coach Self is when it comes to the sport, when it comes to the way it's changing and, you know, the future of maintaining KU basketball's excellence?
1: Yeah, I think uh, really important part of what's happening here has been certainly the, you know, the health challenges that Bill had, he feels better than he has in a long time. Um, He's more invigorated than I think he's been. Uh, I don't know if I could say ever, I haven't been around him forever, but at the highest level um, he's, he's, he's more committed to KU than, you know, than I think he's been. And that's been at a really high level. And I think he's more excited and motivated than ever before. And, And that's, that's saying a lot about a guy who, I think is certainly the best coach in, in college basketball. Um, and, you know, he's really embraced this new era. He's embraced this idea that, you know what, you can still continue to bring in young guys and develop and mentor and maximize their ceiling, but you could also complement via the transfer portal. You can provide, you know, all the experiences that have long been at the core of Kansas basketball uh, that are unrivaled. And then you can also provide incredible NIL opportunities because that's what this fan base uh, uh, how much it believes in and how much it loves it's basketball and it's program. So he's thriving in this new environment. Uh, I think our future is brighter than ever because I think Bill's going to be at the helm for a good chunk of time and, and, and doing it in a, in a, in a manner that he feels better and in a manner that he really has embraced this new sort of chapter of college basketball and college athletics. So I, I couldn't feel better about where we're heading in, in the in sport of men's basketball at KU, either.
0: Well, that's fantastic. He is uh, Travis Goff, Kansas's athletic director, joining us in Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. As always, however, you're uh, grabbing the show, YouTube podcast, whatever it might be. We always appreciate you sharing it, subscribing it, the whole deal, and of course, our our radio listeners as well. Always grateful for everything that you guys do, tuning in to this show each and every week on whatever radio affiliate. You're in in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri as well. Travis, we appreciate it. Really appreciate your time. Grateful for it. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon.
1: Thanks, Pete. Appreciate your coverage, man. Have a great day. Rock Chalk.
0: Really appreciate Travis Goff's time. I'm Pete Mundo. Hey, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the podcast. And as always, we've got free Heartland College Sports koozies with your name on them when you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that uh, rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll hook you up with that free Heartland College Sports Koozie. It's our way of saying thank you for helping build and grow this show. We couldn't do it without you over the last several years, so it's my way of personally thanking everybody who has done that for this show. So grateful for you. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.